for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 172 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. We're coming at you live, but on tape, or recorded, um, from the eve of Red Dead Redemption 2's release. That's right, we're recording on a Thursday instead of a Friday because, well, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out in like two hours, so... <coughs> We're going to try and talk about as much Star Wars as possible and hear from you guys in that time. Uh, not a lot to talk about this week. A couple of uh, interesting stories, but nothing earth-shattering. Probably uh, talk about the second and third episodes of Resistance, uh, now that everybody has had a chance to see them. And uh, we'll hear some from you guys, voicemails and emails and stuff. Uh, how's your week been, buddy? been a very busy busy ass week but it's been good i hear you i've had one of those uh as well so, with awesome. the holidays and family and all uh, that shit you've had uh you've had family in town well we we went to visit family oh okay i gotcha went to a big farm with a lot of activities for children uh-oh pumpkins pumpkin patch no, you know. no raccoon encounters available at this. No, then no, it's not my did, type I did of farm. See animals. I'm, it. Uh, there was a petting zoo-ish thing. What kind of animal? What were we talking about there? Uh, ponies, ah. goats, uh-huh. uh, baby goats, mm-hmm. some chickens, pigs. Right. Okay. Cows. Right on. Typical, you know, farm farm fair. farm fair. Pet a pig. There was a big bin of corn for children to play in and slides into it. Ooh. Like, and I'm talking like, it looks like a ton of corn, just like instead of sand. Oh my lord! It was it was fascinating. Well, I guess that's how they do it. Um, it, was, it was really cool. Before we jump into the Star Wars talk, I'll give you a little bit of business. I want to remind everybody that the Kessel Run Episode Two is underway. 
Brandon is posting pictures over at the Castle Toy Run on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, showing all the lovely packages people are sending in. He's already getting the gifts for the sick kids in. Please check it out if you have a chance, and if you have the means to donate a couple of toys to kids in need this holiday, then get on that. Do some good in the name of Star Wars. Once again, that's at the Castle Toy Run on Twitter, and they're also uh, you can also find them on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find all the information there on where to send in your stuff. And recording has begun on this year's Blue Harvest Holiday Special. So we're getting that together, and that will be available to you guys soon as well to benefit the Kessel Toy Run. So moving and shaking and getting things done. <clears throat> you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us, blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Our Patreon page is live now. We've been putting out content now coming up on... what? What is it? Three months? Yeah, three months. Going into our fourth. Every Monday, a special bonus episode of Blue Harvest. Cooking with Will. Uh, Steve versus the prequels. Um, uh, Jaws. Uh, oh No, It's Hall Solo. Just released a new episode of that. Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel Saunders. New shows in the cooker right now that'll be coming soon. And, of course, we can't forget Blue Harvest Adventures, where our buddy Robbo takes us on an adventure through the first edition of the West End Games Star Wars role-playing game. In fact, Episode 7 of that will be coming out this Monday, and our buddy Robbo, well, he put together a little preview for you guys. So why don't we take a listen to that now? Are you ready to hear this, Will? I absolutely am. Let's hear from Robbo. Hey there, Haas. Hey there, Haas and Will. This is uh, Blue Harvest Adventures Game Master Robbo here, and I'm currently neck deep in editing Episode 7, and it's turning out really well. Uh, but I thought since I have my audio stuff out anyway, I could plug our little RPG podcast and provide a little behind-the-scenes info at the same time. So um, one thing I was thinking about is the character Joe Lee, who's introduced in Episodes 4 and 5. Uh, she, she's actually from a Star Wars comic from the Marvel, the original Marvel run. She appears in, I want to say like issue eight or nine or something like that. And in the comic, it's interesting because she's, uh, she's kind of like the second in command of a pirate crew for a pirate named Crimson Jack. She was interesting enough um, that I felt like, uh, you know, you could do something with this. It was an interesting idea. And I like the idea of in the comic book, she's a character who she's like this, a pretty petite woman who manages to survive in this pirate gang because she's so violent and crazy that uh, even the other pirates are kind of afraid of her. It sounds a bit like you're talking about piracy, which would be highly illegal and a risky occupation. <laughs> Who are you, by the way? Um, like I said, my name is Yon Starseed. Uh, I am princess of planet Nara. So who'd you say these two meatheads were, your royal concubines? They're really of no what? concern. They're just here just to make sure that we don't have any trouble. They, <laughs> I cut off both of their tongues. Oh, that's going to be problematic <laughs> later in the mission where we're just gabbing okay. our head off and fighting. <laughs> that I that I just laugh maniacally. Uh, one more thing before I go, um, I do most of the sound effects myself for the show, 
And um, this is kind of fun because I don't want to use actual Star Wars sound effects because, you know, it's not my property and I'm, I don't want to, you know, I don't want anybody to say, hey, you're, you're using our stuff. Don't do it. So I thought I can recreate some of these sound effects myself. So in some cases, I recreate the blaster noises, for example, using a uh, slinky and uh, some processed uh, like gunshot echoes. Um, which I think is how Ben Burt did it, more, more or less. He used a guy wire on a radio tower instead of a slinky, but you can get the same sounds from a slinky. And I actually had to buy a slinky and do it myself because the, the stuff I found on YouTube wasn't good enough quality. Um, an interesting thing happens in episode five. I think my favorite audio combination I did is where uh, there's kind of a violent scene where um, Jan Starseed, which is Jesse's character, kills a stormtrooper with her sword. The sound I used for that was the sound of, uh, it's like two things. I found a sound of somebody like chopping a like big piece of pig carcass or something like that with a cleaver. And I combined that with a sound of a, um, a woman chopping into a pinata with a samurai sword, um, which gives it this kind of weird like sound of when all the candy spills out. It has this, and it's got, it's got this great uh, like battle cry that happens at the beginning of it. So I, I'm particularly proud of that one. And uh, I won't spoil what happens oh, in episode nice. seven, but I did <sighs> have to create a lot of land speeder sound effects, so I'll give you a hint. Anyway, I hope your listeners enjoy it. Talk to you later. Damn. Look at Robbo putting that together. Dude, that is amazing. I know. It's like our own little DVD special feature. That shit is cool. Rob is basically, when it comes to Blue Harvest Adventures, he's George Lucas. He's Marshall Lucas. He's Ben Burt. He's fucking, um, you know... Uh, 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 Dykstra, the guy that did a lot of the special effects in the the original Star Wars, he's like all of those bundled up into one package. So the thanks total for package, the total package. <clears throat> so yeah, check us out at Patreon.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast if you're interested in that. Try it out. If you want to move in, you can move in. Free free food, free rent. Just you know, try it out. Um. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, we are so stoked to be part of the Making Star Wars, a podcast network, the best damn ass podcast network in the entire galaxy. Where, where we are the dude on the anus. The dude person. The dude on the, we're the thing that's a similar thing, but not as good of a thing as something else. <laughs> um, things like now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl. The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. So there we go. That's the business for this week. I think I hit all the business. You know, I think you rung the business bell. You rung it good. I done rung that bell. You can ring my business bell. Whatever. I'm an idiot. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, like I said, not a ton to talk about this week, but something came across my timeline this week that I wanted to share with you. Well, it actually came across today. Um, weirdly enough, there's a Twitter account called something like Adam Sandler Fit Check, where they just post different pictures of Adam Sandler in different outfits. I'm going to send you this outfit that they posted today, and I want you to just tell me what it makes you think of. Like, right off the top of your head. First thing that pops into your head when you see this. <laughs> I, I sent it to you. Hopefully, I did that correctly. 
But yeah, immediately when I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks familiar. That reminds me of Here something. Here it is. It has arrived. This is Adam Sandler's fitness check. Fit check. Like what he's wearing. Fit check. Fit check. Oh. Not his like fitness. What does it look like? Like does that? Uh, he looks like a mobster. He looks like a... Yeah. Yeah. See, I saw that and I immediately thought he looked like Lando from Solo. Oh, he does with the yellow shirt. The yeah. yellow shirt and the black pants and like... You could almost yeah. imagine that uh, trench coat as a as a uh, as a cape. If you if you guys want to see what I'm talking about, you can go and look on the Blue Harvest Pod Twitter account. I posted something about it on there, but uh, I don't know. It was cracking me up that he looked like Lando to me. I don't know, man. It's it's been a long day. He looks like a New Jersey mobster, even more so in the next picture where you can clearly see the earring stud. The giant ring, the bracelet, the, right? The the flashy belt buckle, right? Matching the flashy shoes. Somebody on um, Twitter was like, "I can't tell if that's just him out in the real world, like in his day to day, or if that's for a movie or something." And I think if you take a look at that horrible ass dye job he's got going on, that's got to be. He looks like he's got his hair and beard dyed too. Yeah, that's got to be for. Um, a movie, Hopefully right? something in the 70s or 80s. That'd yeah. Be fun. <clears throat> but yeah, I just thought that was funny that he looked that like Lando. I don't know, man. He does kind of look like Lando. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm not, I it's steered not that in the wrong direction. No, not at all. It's nothing with you, man. I'm just, I'm worn out. It's been a long day trying to fucking, I had that, my eye on the prize on that Red Dead Redemption and now. Well, don't out give out on me now. Oh, no. You'll it's time to rally. Hear me, baby. I got some energy drinks in the fridge. Maybe I should go pop one of those delicious beverages. See if that perks me up a little bit. All right. What kind of energy drink? Uh, The no-carb monsters. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know what they're... Hold on. Give me one second. I'll be right back. Bet it's going to jack you up. Oh, it will. It does. It does? It do. There's something in those energy drinks that I'm not familiar with, but... Like the taurine and the guanine. Yeah, I'm not those... sure exactly what those things are that provide the energy, but the special I magic they... ingredients. I know they get it going. Okay, so I have a zero sugar, zero calories, ultra sunrise monster energy is what it's called. It's orange. And uh... we'll see how it goes. I know our friend the Space Barbarian enjoys a, a Red Bull every now and then. Yeah, I don't really get... Well, I won't say that. I I don't typically like... I used to drink the Red Bulls at work a lot. Yeah, because you guys have the them at sugar the bar. Red. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't really like regular Red Bull or the sugar-free Red Bull. What I do like is the yellow Red Bull, the one that's like pineapple-flavored. Oh, the flavored ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that one, but it's one I can't really drink because of my diet and stuff. It's got a ton of sugar and right, shit on it. Right, right, <clears throat> But I do enjoy that one. This one's pretty good, though. It's got like a nice orange flavor to it. Fake orange fa- flavor. Nice. So. What's popping in the Star Wars news this week? Well, 
besides Adam Sandler looking like Lando, um, something fucking crazy happened today. What happened today? Apparently, there was a robbery on the set of The Mandalorian. Really? Yeah, so... What was stolen? <clears throat> apparently, some high-tech camera equipment and a memory card, a personal memory card of John Favreau's. So, I believe the story originally came from theblast.com, which is a site I'm not familiar with, but... Jason has also um, posted about it. I think he may have just reposted the article and stuff on makingstarwars.net. And it says, Sources close to the production tell the blast that all hell broke loose after a bunch of expensive equipment went missing from the set of John Favreau's The Mandalorian while shooting at a studio in Manhattan Beach. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us this isn't the location we've seen the pictures from, from making Star Wars, because that's not a studio. That's just like an uh, a lot location out somewhere, right? So this is, if I had to guess, this might be the location that we saw the pictures from last week with John Favreau and George Lucas and Dave Filoni. A bar scene. We're told the working theory is that the gear was stolen overnight while the set was dark. We're told the buzz among the crew is that the stolen equipment from, was from the camera department and production is extremely worried a memory card containing sensitive information may have been jeopardized. Both Lucasfilm and police have launched investigations to try and locate the missing gear, and our sources say the main crew members grilled during the initial probe were those that deal with the cameras. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody pulled some fucking Fanboys 2 business and broke into the set. Except... They weren't just trying to get watch the movie or the TV show. They stole some camera equipment and a memory card. Yeah, that's not sounding good. What could be on uh, the uh, John Favreau's memory card containing sensitive information? That's what I want to know. Maybe the end. Maybe they shot the end first. You know, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was. The end of the I don't movie. think. For one thing, I don't think it would be footage. You know, like actual footage from the movie? That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because... Maybe it's the script. That's what I was wondering. Is it scripts? Is it, you know, it could be any kind of thing. It could be casting sheets. It could be um, production budgets. There's all kinds of shit that could be on there is what I'm thinking. <laughs> but to me, if they're worried, it's probably something script related, right? Spoiler related. Dude, I wonder how security, you know, I wonder who lost their job over that. Yeah, I don't know. Because do they have overnight security at this studio in Manhattan Beach? I, I wouldn't really know. Like, do they you just would think lock at a, a studio? There would be some sort of overnight security, right? Night watchman of some sort? I mean, you would think where these cameras are kept. Yeah, because you know that shit ain't ex ain't cheap. That ain't like an iPhone camera. We're they don't about. just seal it up and say, "All right, you know." See you well, in the morning. Right, whatever. All right, ADT, take care. You got it from here. Yeah, right. Um, I wouldn't think you know. Yeah, don't, don't Universal know. and Paramount have like really big security? Yeah, but I, I have a feeling that's a a much bigger facility than what we're talking about here. I don't know that for sure. I mean, you're not talking about a a studio lot like Universal or 
I don't know. If it is a big facility, they may just lock it up and leave. Mm-hmm. They might. They might. Yeah, the question is, like, the thing... Yeah, it'll be Whoever interesting to see how that this stuff is freaking out that they're that about that they got what they got. I believe. Yeah, that makes me wonder. Was it specifically targeted because it was Star Wars? Were like were they like, oh, let's get in there, or was it just a random act of crime where they were like, oh, they're filming something there. Let's see if we can bust up in there and get some expensive equipment to flip. You know what I mean? It, I mean, if we're going with Ocom's razor, like. It's probably just got stolen because it was expensive gear and was going to get hawked. But if they waited to think what they've got or have even checked the news, it could be held hostage for more. You know. Yeah, I, that's the question. Like, there's no way. Like, let's say they have all eight scripts for all eight episodes, right? You can't. Right. You can't unload that. Like, you are fucking target number one. You know what I mean? Right. You can either post it on the internet. Or sell it to somebody that's going to post it on the internet. Yeah, and something tells me either one of those gets you caught somehow. Yeah, either one of those things gets you caught. You're talking about theft and and not a theft in a small amount. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Like, will we hear a resolution to this? Um, I'll be following that with great interest. It's just crazy to think about some some joker or group of jokers broke broke into a Star Wars set and stole a bunch of shit. Maybe it's all. Maybe that uh, memory card has all of John Favreau's dick pics on it, and that's why he's so worried. He's yeah, like, I don't right. want that shit getting out. Can't everybody see it in the fav? No, well, you can't see Happy's happy. Happy's happy. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so, other than that, I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about episode two and three of Star Wars Resistance, just because we talked about the first episode, right. and. Um, you know, they, they put out three at once on demand and on the Disney Now app. Is that what it's called? Disney Now? Um, so, uh, we we watched them all when they first came out. And now I've had to go fucking two weeks without new Star Wars. I should have maybe spaced them out, but I didn't think about that ahead of time. I was just too excited. Um, what did you think? What do you think about the series as it progresses on from that first episode into these next two? I really like it. I think it builds the characters in the appropriate direction. Kaz still has that feeling to me of rookiness. I'm ready for the greenhornness to wear off. And I know it may not happen for a while. I know he represents the younger element of the audience. And in a lot of ways, they're going to use his youth his youth and his naivete <laughs> as part of his character to reach that audience i understand that but yeah. i will enjoy it more when he matures a little bit but uh the way the races go the way all that goes the way are the rest of the characters like it's it's fascinating i'm i can't wait to see where the story goes you know i can't wait for the rest of the episode yeah so the second episode uh the triple dark has to do with sort of that pirate attack on the colossus it was neat seeing the pirates and the different um ships and stuff there's like a a bosk guy oh and i yeah there was like a boss guy and then when i saw the pirates i was like oh okay i get it there are actually all these racers have blasters or missiles and there is gonna be air combat and like oh this is gonna be fucking awesome oh yeah that's true they do get up there and mix it up um 
but yeah, it was cool. I, something that I think is is kind of funny that I've noticed about this show. So, like, you know that episode starts with, like, Jaeger's shop getting the order from that um, Nemoidian guy? And have you noticed in Resistance, there's been sort of this thing of showing you a species that you've seen before, but just making them fat? Like, we saw a fat um, uh, Rhodian. Now we've seen a fat Nemoidian. It's kind of like they're like, all right, let's let's give them some aliens they've seen before, but let's make them fat. Indian different sizes. Too. Yeah, let's represent thought... all body types. Which is maybe fun. there's a body body positivity awareness jab at it. Um, I just thought it was interesting. Like that's one of the routes they took to differentiate them. It is, it um, is interesting because uh, the guy that owned the Rancor was fat as hell. <laughs> That was one of my, uh, that, that Rancor Keeper figure when I was a kid was like my curse, dude, because I wanted Star Wars figures when I was real young, like maybe four or five, right? And Star Wars figures weren't to be found anywhere. And when you did find them, you didn't find the best selection. And there used to be this sort of discount store in Columbus called Gibson's, um, and I remember going in there one time with my mom and seeing a whole, like, two or three pegs filled with Star Wars toys. And I was like, I hit the mother load. Today's the day I finally find a Luke Skywalker or a Darth Vader, right? It was yeah. all Rancor Keepers. Oh. Every single one of them was a Rancor Keeper. No! No. Yep. And but you know what? I That's went. That's where you fall on your knees and you curse this guy, and you're like, no. Guess who went home with a a rancor keeper though? Oh, did you really? That's funny. Fuck it, man. This is the only Star Wars toy I could find. It's a dollar fifty. Let's go. Got the add the rancor keeper. Yep. <laughs> hey, that that poor dude lost his pet. Like a rancor is not. Something that I would particularly, if I were in the Star Wars universe, would be like, I want that as a pet. Okay, can't be cheap to feed. All right, Rancor can't be cheap to feed. No, you, had, you, like, you go through a herd of pigs a, a week or something, you think? Well, not at Jabba's Palace. That thing just goes through, yeah, big green space pigs. Gamorrean guards. That's what he'd be eating. He can't live off just people. Sacri- Jabba's sacrifices. I don't know, man. People think that Rancor lives off just... Yeah. Just kill fodder. Did you see all them bones down in the Rancor's pit? That ain't I mean, chicken yes. bones. No, he feeds them people and aliens. Rancor, that Rancor, not saying all Rancors, but that Rancor specifically solely lives on a, a diet of living beings that Jabba feeds to it, for sure. Without I mean, doubt. but who would uh, who would work for Java or even hang around that palace if there is like a twenty five percent chance that today's your day you're gonna feed the rancor? I don't know. Maybe a rancor is like a snake where you don't have to feed it every day. Like you know, you only have to feed a snake every couple of weeks or something, right? Give a snake. Maybe, a... maybe. I like where this is going. This makes more sense than where I was. Because it is. Wouldn't you say maybe it's kind of a reptile? I don't know. Who knows? It's Who a knows? cross between a dinosaur and a nightmare. It's a big mad turd is what it is. That's a big old doo-doo that is mad and it eats people. Like, <clears throat> yeah, man. I, I, I personally think that's 
that's the only thing that Rancor be eating is people and aliens. And the occasional fucking gate door when Luke Skywalker gets in the mix. So, uh, episode three, Fuel for the Fire, introduces um, fucking the Draco, Draco Malfoy of the Star Wars universe, voiced by Elijah Wood, no less. Did you catch that? That's who was doing the voice of that character? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, watching the episode, I was like, that sounds familiar. I know that voice from somewhere and did yeah. not realize exactly who it was until I saw people talking about it on Twitter. But, yeah. um, you know, it was, it he was, make, Elijah Good makes a good whiny ass. It character. was, it was kind of interesting. Cause in a, in a small way, it kind of tied into solo. Like the whole, uh, point of the episode is that that kid is trying to get Kaz to steal Corellian hyperfuel from Jaeger. Right. Yeah. 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 Rucklin. Isn't that I was wanting to say his name was Ruckus, and I knew that wasn't right. I think it's Rucklin. And then there's like a pretty neat speeder bike chase and all this stuff. It was like, to me, that episode, it was good, but it reminds me of, uh, and I don't even mean this in a bad way, but sort of an 80s cartoon where there's like a... It was an 80s anti-after-school special. Yeah, exactly, where it was like... Uh, you know, like a almost a, a full length version of the GI GI Joe PSA. You know what I mean? Like at right. the end of the GI Joe yeah. episodes. Um, I guess just in another way that this fucking series reminds me of um a Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, spot on. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons are brilliant, or they were. Yeah, I don't think were... that that realm exists anymore. I think you're right. I don't know if there is such thing as a Saturday morning cartoons anymore. I wouldn't even be able to tell you where to watch them. I mean, what does like Cartoon Network show on a Saturday morning? I'm sure they show something. There's some sort of original content that they produce, I'm sure. But uh, when Cartoon Network came along and it was all cartoons all the time, that kind of kind of broke the mold, I think. Right. Right. Um. And Adult Swim. Yeah, I don't like. I I watch cable so rarely that I can't even tell you what's going on on um, your major networks on Saturday mornings. I doubt it's cartoons. Me either. Like I, I just feel like the fact that you do have like Cartoon Network and Disney Channel and Disney XD. Like if you're a kid and you want to watch cartoons, they seem pretty accessible. Much oh, less God. the fact that you You've got, got like Netflix. twenty channels to choose from. Yeah, well, and... You got Nickelodeon, you got probably two Cartoon Networks, you got two Disneys, you know. Yeah, and let's not forget, more likely, more likely than watching any of those channels, probably Netflix, Hulu, things like that. There's a Netflix with all kind of crap, and then there's YouTube. Too much content. Yeah. I I don't know that all this content for kids is a good thing, but we'll we'll find out. When this generation grows up, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, because it's still real early on when you think about it. Because my parents' generation seems to be pretty damn disappointed in the millennials. But, I mean, we were dealt the hand. We were, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, <laughs> I don't know either, buddy. Look, this is not my strong suit. Like, you want to talk some lightsabers? Sociology, yeah. Like, we're in a, we're in the wrong area. 
Yeah, you want to talk some lightsabers? Let's go back to kyber crystals. Kyber crystals, X-Wings, TIE Fighters. Hell, I'll even throw in some N1 Naboo Starfighters in there if you want. But, like, you start trying to talk. telling me how big a uh, detonation area for a thermal detonator is. <laughs> that's that's Robbo's uh, fucking area. You're talking, like, the size right of a Volkswagen or the size of, like, a tractor trailer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know. I would say of the three episodes we've gotten so far, I think episode three might be my least my my least favorite, just because it did come off a little bit like a uh, well, and everybody learned a lesson that day, right? Don't steal, you know. Yeah, but still p- plenty enjoyable. I have nothing against it. It's just if you I got to pick be a favorite, your work, you know, you should be getting. <clears throat> And that's what I can say again. That's another thing about Kaz that keeps making me mad. I was like, dude, you need to be fixing this fighter. You need to be learning how to fix these engines and these parts. Like, if I were in this situation, I would not be worried about finding a group of friends to pal around with. Mm-hmm. I would be worried about fixing my stuff and then being a spy. And the thing about, and that's the other thing about him being a spy. He's so like, oh, it's time to go spy now. Time to go do some spying. Let me spy, spy, spy. Like, dude, shh. Would you just keep be cool? Spies okay? don't just don't announce to everybody that'll fucking listen that they're a spy. James and, Bond doesn't crack his knuckles and say, "Let's go get the spy work." Hey, blokes, like he doesn't say that. Who wants to do some spy shit? Anyone up for espionage? Just calling it out loud. Yeah, um, I can kind of get that. So next week or this weekend actually october 28th we're getting episode it's technically episode five because that first episode is two episodes put together blah 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 um but the next episode is called the high tower which if i had to guess that has to deal with that special uh tower that all the ace pilots get to go hang out in yeah the place where the ace pilots and their crews live yeah and and the president of the the Colossus is, or the director of the Colossus. I'm not sure. The the Doza. girl that he races dads, Doza. Yeah, Doza is his last name. Who I am convinced is the guy that's working with the First Order. I don't know, man. It's probably Jaeger. Man, that would that would be a twist of the knife, but it would kind of bum me out. I like Jaeger quite a bit. It would be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I, I I'm looking forward to meeting more of the pilots once we get into it more and we start meeting like hype phase on which i still think is not a great name um, who's the the guy that's from the scrubs guy that's hype phase on donald phase on i want to i want to he's I a roadie that character yeah we've seen him yeah. a little bit we've seen all the I pilots a little him. bit i haven't heard him but yeah i saw him a little um, bit in some i think once we get into meeting more of the pilots and learning their personalities and what they're all about. I think that'll open it up a little more for me to enjoy and I'm enjoying it already. I just think we have yet to get in sort of the meat of the, the, the series, you know? Um, and according to Wikipedia, I'm looking, so we've got, uh, the high tower coming this weekend. It sounds like a stone Cobra song name, song title. Um, right, doesn't it? Though? <laughs> then we have the children from Tehar uh, next weekend, followed by Signal from Sector Six, Sinara's score on November eighteenth, and then 
the Platform Classic on November 25th. And I don't know if that's just the announced episodes or if they're going to be taking a break until next year. Because, you know, Rebels and, and, and other shows, too, take sort of a end-of-the-year break around the holidays. <clears throat> I imagine because viewership is down a little bit then. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm definitely intrigued to see more of the First Order stuff. I think either this coming episode or the one after Captain Phasma is going to be back. They said that she's coming up uh, some more in another episode. So that's cool. That is cool. But I think that about does it for our um, news discussion and stuff. Like I said, not a lot going on this week, guys. Um, So why don't we jump into some listener emails and voice messages. And to do that correctly... We got to have our our buddy Steve, Steve D, who I'm really hoping we get to see at Celebration. I think we will. Because I, I owe that dude a big old hug and an old-fashioned or something. Am I talking about the hand job or the drink? I don't know. You decide. Anyway, let's hear what he has to say. He has to say the same thing everything, every week, and it rules. So we got one voicemail this week and a handful of emails. Guys, thanks again so much for being so awesome and writing in and calling in and stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Um, Once again, if you're interested in such a thing, um, why don't you hit us up at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. It's that easy. If you want to send in a voicemail, all you got to do is record something on your phone and attach it to an email. Uh, first up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Sam. Let's hear what he has hey, to say. Hey, and Will, it's Sam. I've been thinking about episode 9 and the Knights of Ren and how they could be utilized, and I keep imagining something playing out very similar to Snoke's throne room in the, in the Praetorian Guards where, you know, there's a big group of, of baddies and either they're up against Rey or Kylo turns and it's him and Rey battling him and... Uh, I don't know, like, I got to wondering, did the Praetorian Guard scene in the throne room kind of take any potential thunder from from a Knights of Ren scene, like a sort of big group battle or um, or something? So that's one question. And then my other question is, um, how would you like to see the Knights of Ren uh, utilize in Episode 9? Thanks a lot. Bye. Right on. So... You know, with the Knights of Ren, 
it's one of the things where I don't want to get ahead of myself and just assume, okay, they're definitely going to be in episode nine. Like, it feels like there should be a pretty good chance that they are. But honestly, I would have said the same thing about The Last Jedi. Now, after he directed The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams said in an interview that if he were to do a Star Wars spinoff movie, if he could choose a Star Wars spinoff movie to do, he said he would want to do one about the Knights of Ren. So to me, that shows that he's got a serious interest in that group of characters. So it would make sense if that's the case, if he's super interested in that concept, that he would bring it into episode nine. Um, So I don't know that the throne room scene necessarily takes away from anything that they could do with them in nine. Um, It doesn't for me. It doesn't for me either. And I, you know, I've heard people say, oh, I wish the Praetorian guards were the Knights of Ren. And I can see why you would say that just because the Knights of Ren are sort of one of those plot threads that were so cool. Like that one little mention of them and that one little glimpse of them in The Force Awakens. So cool. It's kind of like in uh, A New Hope when Obi-Wan Kenobi says like, I served with your father in the Clone Wars. Like, it lights your brain on fire. Like, ooh, what's the fucking Clone Wars? What's that all about, right? Um, Yeah. But I also like that by not using them as the Praetorians in Episode 8, it leaves them open to appear in Episode 9. So I hope they do. Um, Yeah. Here's the thing. That's the first time you've ever seen anything like that in Star Wars. And some might say, oh, you saw it in the Clone Wars. Well, you saw you might have seen two Jedi whooping droid ass, you know, but you haven't really seen two Jedi whip ass, you know, just whip ass against trained fighters. Yeah. And how and many did they off? Like, like six or seven of them? I think there's eight total. Eight. I think that's right. Yeah. And so. I just like that they did it, and that yeah. they might do it more. You exactly. know, like a, a, a one one between the Knights of Ren would be, you know, infinitely times more sick than that, just because there would be that many more, and that much more going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a uh, a set number of the Knights of Ren. I think there's seven of them, in that sort of flashback scene in The Force Awakens. But, you know, that doesn't mean they have to stick with that either, right? Or that they haven't grown or shrunk since then. And they're Exactly. And there's always ways to come up with a cool fight scene. For one, I don't necessarily know that they would go the same route that they did in The Last Jedi, where it's one single fight where all of them are taken care of. Right? Like, I don't necessarily know that you have to go that route. It could be right. a couple of different conflicts were the with the knights of ren where some of oh, them right obviously and the other thing that you could do to differentiate it is it doesn't have to be in like that it's big and open but it's also convo- confined throne room like you could have it in any manner of cool um uh star wars environments you know yep. um as far as what i would like to see them be like to be honest, like the cornball cheese dick in me wants him to be like proteges of Kylo Ren. I would like him to have lightsabers. Like just because I want to see a bunch of dudes with lightsabers fighting. But they don't have to go that route. In fact, 
it's more than likely that they won't given their appearance in the force awakens like none of those dudes besides kylo have a lightsaber i'd like for them to have been luke's old ex-disciples that kylo got to come with him you know i'd like for that to be in most of the knights of ren whether they use lightsabers or not right i mean they could still have the force and not use lightsabers and that could kind of be cool seeing a a force-wielding bad guy who uses a big heavy blaster or a real like a regular sword like right. you know when you look at those guys they've got an array of weapons right they do <clears throat> um i i'm with you i i really like the idea when when luke says you know however many people it was was it half i think he a says he took a handful and he slaughtered the rest right i i love the idea of that handful being the knights of ren and I don't know if that's what that that line of dialogue was sort of meant to uh, imply. And even if it it was meant that, to imply that, that doesn't mean that JJ might take it in a different direction, you know? Right, right. Um, but that that group of students that left with Kylo, I think that is, I think you're right. I think that is a very important story thread that needs to be addressed in some way. Um. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But yeah, I, I would kind of like them to just be, you know, at at minimum sort of badass mercenary types. I would like for them to have the force. And like I said, the corniness in me wants them to be like decked out with lightsabers and doing dark side, dark Jedi shit. But I don't know that that's necessarily in the cards. <clears throat> All right. You have anything else to add to the um, Knights of Ren chatter? I do not. Okay. Next up, we got our buddy Ty. He says, hey, Halls and Will. I was listening to another podcast, and suddenly I was hit by a bolt of force ghost Yoda lightning. There was a lot of speculation leading up to episode eight that Rey could be the granddaughter of Obi-Wan Kadobi and Satine. What if our speculation was half right? What if the lead character of the Mandalorian is the son of Kenobi, Kenobi and Satine, and he is Force-sensitive? The entire series could focus on his journeys toward claiming the Darksaber and uniting Mandalore. Jesus Christ, I might have a heart attack. Your little Dude, buddy. Dude, that would be sick. <laughs> Your little buddy, Ty from Scani. So, that would be cool. I would be 100% okay with that. I don't know. See, this is the thing, you know. It's all make-believe, right? Star Wars. I, You know, it hurts me as much to say as of it course. does for people to hear it. But I just don't know that there was anything in Clone Wars that would allow... Like, there's never even any hint that Satine and Obi-Wan had a kid together. There's definitely more than a hint. It's, it's very blatant that they had feelings for each other, right? Right. And, you know, Satine dies. In I the mean, clones. yeah, obviously, it's grasping at straws. Right. But it's imagining relationships where none could exist. But, I mean, would it really be that hard? I mean, would it, like, if they told you, hey, the main character of this series, he's Obi Wan and Satine's kid, I don't think that's super likely, to be honest. But let's say they did that. Let's just go with that thread. And they say, um, you know, Satine. On that that first time, I believe Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon go on a mission to Mandalore. We don't see it. We hear them talk about it. And that's where sort of Obi-Wan falls in love with Satine. Um, she gets pregnant. 
and she doesn't want to disgrace um, Obi-Wan and have him kicked out of the Jedi, and, you know, she's headed for the throne of Mandalore, so she gives up the kid. You know, if that was the explanation, I don't know that that would bother me that it's never addressed in Clone Wars, you know? Or she just kept it from Obi-Wan just not to complicate his life. She just never revealed who the father was. Right. Like, there's ways around that. Now, do I think they're going that way? Not necessarily. I will say, though, they have an opportunity to show us a live-action version of the Darksaber. I hope they take it, because that could... That could be right. really cool. Uh, that could be, right. and it makes sense, man. It's you know the lightsaber of the first Mandalorian Jedi. It's like this big symbol in the Mandalorian culture and uniting the clans of Mandalore. Like once again, kind of like the Knights of Ren. I'm not gonna let myself get too excited at the prospect, but it seems like there's a, a logical opening for it to happen. It does, doesn't it? <clears throat> and I would be really excited if it did. Oh, I'm so excited about that damn show as it is. All right, next up we got a email from our buddy Bill Beck, aka Dark Darth Pizza. So I was listening to the intro to the most recent episode of Blue Harvest, and I got to thinking, what if Stone Cobra rescored the original trilogy? I'd love to see a Star Wars movie scored that dark. What kind of Star Wars plot do you think would fit a Stone Cobra score? Also, did Stone Cobra write your theme with your show in mind, or did they repurpose some other stuff that they wrote? I just bought their album Armed and Hammered on iTunes. Attached, rough, quick, and dirty Stone Cobra throne room. And I did that I did on my phone while writing this. So, <clears throat> um... First off, they didn't write the theme specifically for our show. How that came about was, you know, Will and I are pretty good friends with the guys in Stone Cobra. You know, we've had Steve on a lot. We've had Josh on once or twice. Um, And the other guys aren't, like, super crazy about Star Wars. They enjoy it, but I don't know that they'd be interested in coming on a Star Wars podcast. And when Will and I put the show together, I used some free-to-use music that I found online, some, like, rights-free music or whatever, and it was okay. Um, And then one night, we were all hanging out at our friend Ben and Teresa's for Game of Thrones night. And I was talking to Steve, and he's like, I'm liking the podcast. Like, it sounds good. Like, you guys are doing a good job. And I was like, yeah, really, the only thing I want to do is... um, uh, something different with the theme song. And immediately Steve was like, well, you could use some of our music. And specifically he was like, why don't you use Witch Head Nebula, which is the, um, the song that starts off High and Mighty, their album High and Mighty. And I was like, dude, that would be perfect. Why don't you ask the rest of the guys if that's cool? And he did. And of course they said it was. So I, Fucking slapped a bunch of Star Wars sound effects on it, and there you go. That's the the theme song you hear today. Right. <laughs> um, what what kind of Star Wars movie would you like to hear Stone Cobra do the the score for? Uh, um, I know I'm taking a long time here. Uh, Rogue One. 
Oh, specifically Rogue One. See, I was thinking, like, it would be cool if they did, like, a Sith origin story. Oh, I thought you meant movies that already existed. No, like, a concept. Okay, uh, either a Bounty Hunter movie or a Space Pirates movie. Either space one of those Space Pirates could be or good. Space Witches, Space Barbarians, something in that Space Witch, Pirate Barbarian thing. You know, I'm definitely one of those people that's like... I don't know if I want uh, a Star Wars movie with like a quote unquote modern score, you know, with like actual bands, not like orchestrated music, just because um, that'll like, you know, the John Williams style just fits with Star Wars so much and is, is what I associate with Star Wars. But, you know, in an alternate universe where Steve calls me up and he's like, holy shit, uh, we just got, just got off. Booked. Yeah, we just got offered the job to score a Star Wars movie. Like, call me a hypocrite if you want, because I'll, I'll take it. But, like, yeah, I'd be pretty fucking stoked. I'd be like, my friends are scoring a fucking Star Wars movie. Can I come sit in on the scoring sessions? I'll bring treats. I'll bring the treats. <clears throat> um, let's, uh, oh, well, you know what we should do? We should check out the video he attached where he scored the throne room scene to a, a Stone Covers song. I did the same thing on Twitter um, a little while back with our actual theme song, the song that we use for the theme song. All right. I wonder which one he chose. I wonder what he went with. Let's see. Let's try it out. Or not, because it's not going to work. Alrighty then. Moving along. <laughs> this is this is clearly a technical issue on my end. Nothing, nothing the good old damn ass Darth Pizza did. Oh, here we go. Can you see that? Looks like it's opening up. There we go. I see it. All right. What what uh, song is it? And now, foolish child, he ignites it and kills his true enemy. So it's just like the original as a baseline. Oh, uh, here it comes. It's about to kick in. Yeah, that it fucking works. It works. That's a kick-ass song too. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more emails, um, and then we'll call it a night. And I will be off into my western adventure. Oh, I'm gonna do so much fishing in Red Dead Redemption too. I don't oh, know. Are you? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so you know this about me. You know this 100 percent because. What did I love to do almost more than anything in Grand Theft Auto Online? Do you remember? Um, 
golfing. Grand Theft Auto Online. Golfing, yes, that's right. And Grand Theft Auto Five Online. We played a lot of holes. I always, I. always wanted to go golfing. <clears throat> and something about the way Rockstar does their little side activities like hunting and golfing and fishing and all that stuff always sucks me in. And I don't know what it is specifically about fishing, but lately, in the last couple of years, I feel like games have been stepping up their fishing mini games. Like Final Fantasy Fifteen had a really good one that I got obsessed with. <laughs> Fucking Monster Hunter oh. Generations, the newest Monster Hunter game, had a fishing mini game that I played a lot of. Far Cry Five, fishing mini game, played a lot of it. Like it's I don't. It's just so funny. Like Hawes being like, "Have you played the fishing in these games lately?" Oh, it's you, really good. You the know, fishing, fishing, fishing in video games has come a long way these days. <laughs> it sure has. I don't, and and like, I'm sitting there electronically fishing when all i know all i got to do is like call up goose and go hey man hey man i, I want to yeah. go fishing this weekend i'm gonna come visit he'd be like fuck yeah buddy let's do this oh man and you both would be ripping crappie out of the water left and right right um but yeah i i love some fishing in a fucking video game man i don't know what it is all right next up we got an email from our buddy utah dougie Oz and Will, do you think we'll see lightsabers in the Mandalorian? Who do you think will wield them? Thanks. Utah Dougie. Ooh, um, my instinct says no. I don't, I don't think so unless it's a dark trooper. Right. My instinct says no, but like we were just talking about, there is that opening for the darksaber to appear. And I hope they take it. Um... You know, my instinct would have also been that we don't see a single lightsaber in Solo, and we did. That's so, true. You know. Snuck um, one in there. And as far as, I don't think we'll see a ton of them. I don't think that we'll actually see any full-on Jedi because of the time period, right? Three years after Return of the Jedi, you know. There shouldn't I, be anyone around. Right. Ben Solo is only, you know two and a half, three years old, somewhere around there, right? Um, Luke is off doing his thing. I'm pretty sure he he definitely hasn't started his training temple yet. So I don't think we'll actually see any Jedi. I could almost guarantee you we don't see Luke Skywalker. I mean, the only way they could do that, obviously, is a recast. I don't know that they're ready to do that yet. I don't um, think so either. Not that I wouldn't be excited. Like, if they said, look, guys, we want to prepare you for this. Luke Skywalker is making an appearance in The Mandalorian. We had to recast him, but, you know, uh, trust Bucky, us on this one. Bucky from Avengers. Bucky from Adventures? Bucky from Avengers. Oh, I thought you said Bucky from Winter Adventures. Soldier. Yeah, no. yeah, no. He's perfect. I, I'm definitely in that crowd. That would be uh, perfect for me, right? Um. But yeah, I just don't think they're going to go that route. <laughs> I don't either, but it'd be cool if they did. He showed up in, you know, black tunic and black robe, Luke, black boots. So if we're going to see lightsabers, to me, it would almost have to be the Darksaber and it would be some sort of Mandalorian conflict or something, you know? Um, and I'm not even convinced that we're going to see more than just one Mandalorian, the main character in this first season, at least. Um, just because we've only seen one guy so far. I know it's early. 
we haven't seen a ton. So there could be anything going on behind the scenes and in in the works and stuff. I just I'm not convinced we're going to get more than one of those jokers. Yeah. I yeah. <clears throat> All right. And last up for the evening, we have our buddy Dave stuck in the car on I-95 with bottleneck traffic backed up in a line. I'm parsing the thoughts coming into my mind specifically. How would I want to start episode nine? A time jump for sure. Maybe focus on Hux, whose several past years could be covered in books or in comics, maybe, but a squabble with Wren. But all that before this story flows from my pen. Oh, wait, is this a poem? Did he write a poem? It's an ode to episode nine. Uh, if he did, I'm fucking up how to read this. So, Yeah, start over. Okay. Stuck in the car on I-95 with bottleneck traffic backed up in a line. I'm parsing the thoughts coming into my mind. Specifically, how would I want to start episode nine? A time jump for sure. Maybe focus on Hux, whose several past year could be covered in books. Or in comics, maybe, about a squabble with Wren. But all that before this f- story flows from my pen. At this point in our tale, which we'll learn in the crawl, there's a fight for the top post-Supreme Leader's fall. Kylo approaches while Huck lies in wait with the First Order troopers protecting the gate. Like Vader's assault at the end of Rogue One, Kylo slices and dices, maims every last one. He's drunk from his power with bright yellow eyes, while he chokes them and throws them and kills his own guys. When he gets to the ginger who falls to his knees and clasps hands together as if to beg please, Huck's rife with fear says, Do you mean to harm me? Not only that bitch, but I'm taking your army. He then lifts up the coward and holds him in place before tossing him into the vacuum of space. And unlike dear Leia who lived through the force, the general floats there a still frigid corpse like the house cleaning done to start episode three where dooku's beheaded whilst down on his knees our main villain is kylo it's clear and outlined the good and evil succinctly defined with the lineage question behind us and clearer since ray in the sith hole with infinite mirrors she's now a sheer badass with asses to kick like our boy luke was to start episode six so to Halls and to Will, I pose the same question, since I know you both share the same Star Wars obsession. Don't, or, don't worry, I don't expect answers and rhyme, but how would you want to start Episode 9, Dave in South Florida? Whoa, dude. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, that was pretty fucking slick. That was pretty slick. And my dumbass didn't catch up, catch on what was going on until like two paragraphs in. I was like, oh, wait, I see what he's going for here. Damn, Dave, that's a lot of work to put in for our goofy little podcast, buddy. I appreciate it, though. Yeah, we do. You're like the Dr. Seuss of Star Wars or something. <clears throat> How are you going to start episode nine, Will? Definitely, like you said, with a time jump. Ray is either pursuing her own education or maybe guiding others. Uh, and. Poe and Finn are trying to get the resistance into a government or something like that. So I I like I like his idea of having Hux knocked off early 
in a sort of mirroring fashion to Dooku dying early in episode three, right? Right. The only reason I don't know that they'll go that way is I think Hux will be a perpetual thorn in Kylo's side throughout episode nine. I don't expect Hux to make it out alive in the end, but I think he's the purpose of his character in nine is going to be butting heads with Kylo and working secretly behind his back. Right. So I don't think you'd want to kill him off super early for that reason. Um, if I were going to start episode nine, you know, I would imagine. So for the first thing, you're not going to see Ray for a bit. I don't mean an hour into the movie, but it's definitely not going to start on Ray. I, I would like them to keep the sort of return of the Jedi flow where you, you know, you're watching Return of the Jedi and you're like, man, I can't wait for Luke to show up. When Luke shows up, this shit's really going down. And then yeah. Luke shows up and what happens? It really goes down, right? So I kind of would like it to start, Um, you know, it, I'd be fine with it starting on the First Order and giving us a little catch up on Kylo and Hux and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd like the main focus of the Rebellion or the good guys to be on the other characters, Leia, um, Poe, Finn, uh, Rose, uh, you know, uh, our homies that are in the rebellion, maybe they're off trying to gather support for this big final battle against the first order that they have, tra- uh, planned. Maybe they're, I don't know, trying to liberate a planet from first order control, or maybe they're trying to do some spy shit to sabotage the First Order in some way. And maybe that plan or whatever they're doing goes south. And then when they need it the most, when they need her the most, who shows up? Badass, full-on Jedi Ray and Rex ass. Like, give Ray her uh, Sarlacc pit moment. You know what I mean? Her sail barge moment. <clears throat> like, hold off on her reveal. For the first, how long would you say it is before Luke shows up? Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, maybe not even that long. Yeah, probably, probably you're probably right on the money there. But give us some time, and then let her show up, whip some ass, save the day. Our heroes are reunited, and then that's when we can get into, um, sort of the the crux of the plot, whatever the big thing is. Like, you know, I think it's safe to assume we're talking about the big final battle between the rebellion and the first order. Right. Right. But what leads to that? Right. You know, in return of the Jedi, it's the construction of the second death star. They're not going to do like the construction of another star killer base. Yeah. And they probably won't even have a super weapon. No, I, I don't think they will either. I think I imagine the first order will move on inner systems. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, after the last Jedi, it picks up right after the Force Awakens, right? Yeah, I mean immediately, pretty immediately. much immediately. So the First Order has just taken out the Galactic Republic, I guess, the New Republic. Yeah, do- and then just lost its star base and was hunting the culprits that blew it up. Yeah. 
Right, but and that's where Last Jedi ended. Right, and you know the so they have yet to move on the interior of the galaxy, basically, right? Right, but Ray has that line to Luke where she's like, you know, the First Order is. Does she say they're going to be, or they are taking planets, or taking over the galaxy more and more every day, or some shit like that? To me, the end of Last Jedi, like the First Order, is the dominant power in the galaxy, right? Okay, all right. So. I, that's just I mean I'm not saying they've already taken control of all the worlds or something but they're well I mean it's what's ready. left right they're primed and ready to do that so to go along with what you're saying it would be kind of neat to check in with the first order and see how much control of the galaxy they do have after you know a assumed time jump right right that would be, I mean, that's something I'd like to see. There's so many things, like, I don't know that it's possible. Like, it would be a six-hour movie to fit in everything I'd like to see. Because I, I want to see what's going on with Coruscant. Like, the fuck's up with Coruscant? We're just never going to see that planet it, again? Yeah. Like, we know they moved the seat of government. Like, um, one of the things they do after the Empire falls is they move the capital planet of the Republic or the new Republic every few years. That's why it's on Hosnian prime in, um, uh, the force awakens. And I think at one point it's on Chandrilla, which is Mon Mothma's home world. So it moves around. They change it every few years, but that doesn't mean that Coruscant isn't still a place. and isn't still a huge fucking planet planet. That's a, giant city multi-leveled city so there's gotta and be other cool planets shit. that we're familiar with and what they look like now like, like what does Naboo. Hoth look like now what does Naboo look like now what uh uh Bespin you know so Hoth is one of those ones like I don't know that we really need to go back to Hoth because it was like just a shithole planet that out in the middle of nowhere that the rebellion chose because they thought it, there was a good chance the Empire wouldn't look there, right? Right. So I don't know that there'd nef- necessarily be anything to see on Hoth. Now, Bespin? Psh, show me what the fuck's up on Bespin. I'd love to see Bespin again. Love to see Naboo again. Coruscant. Um, you know, will we go back to Jakku? Everybody wants to go back to Jakku. I don't know. I don't know, man. The, oh, by the way, today, as of this moment right now, Guess how many days there are until episode nine? How many? 420. No shit. Hmm. All right. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that'll do it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for writing in and calling in. Sorry it's a little shorter, but uh, me and Will got... got We got to pretend to be cowboys. It's calling. It's calling. Fucking 45 minutes until... Uh, it's open on uh, my xbox pre-order i guess that means i got 45 minutes to work on this episode and uh oh man i can't wait so thanks for taking the time to record with me buddy especially with uh changing our schedules around this absolutely dude thank you for accommodating me all the time um if you guys like our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they are stoned cobra You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Once again, please, guys, check out The Kessel Toy Run at The Kessel Toy Run on Twitter. They're also on Facebook. They're also on Instagram. If 
you have the means, please donate some Star Wars toys to some kids in need. Do some good in the name of Star Wars this holiday season. Makes you feel good. Makes the kids feel good. Makes everybody feel good. And what's better than that? Um, Nothing. So I think that'll do it for us this week, guys. Uh, thanks again. And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.